After a big night live on Friday night at the Ridley Road Social Club, we are now here, not live. Well, we're live, um, and it's a normal episode, somewhat normal, of the Gunners Pod. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, five young men from various backgrounds, an Irish kid with a horrible haircut, a young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet. A child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome advertising magnate with impeccable judgment. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan. Hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Mikey. Ewan. Magic. And Andy. And the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season... Welcome to the Gooners Pod. Hello and welcome to the Gooners Podcast, Season 7, Episode 54. It's Kuiper's Fluid the night before uh, before Manchester United. And if you don't know what Kuiper's Fluid is, they've invented this thing where you can look it up. And um, and and that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, Aston, do you do you know what it means? Do you know what it is? I have, I have no idea what half of the stuff you say means, Mike. Well, at least this half. At least this half. Tonight, yeah. I have with me my brother, my my co-host. Tonight is Aston. Uh, eventually, we'll do some sort of formal announcement. But uh, I, I was about to I was about to say, like, man, how many times are you going to send me out on loan before I can just nail down a starting spot on the squad? You know, like, well, you know, you are you are the uh, the Ainsley Maitland Niles uh, of, of the podcast. Wow, I was uh, going for Saliba, but sure. Man. Okay, well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. No disrespect to Ainsley. Love Ainsley Maitland Niles. I yeah. wish him all the best. And I guess the, that that would be a better comparison if you never ever wanted to actually be on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but we kept forcing you into being on the podcast in different positions. So maybe that wasn't the best thing. But um, I have to start off by I just want to give a shout out to the Crown Plaza King's Cross in London. Their kitchen, amazing. You know, ordered room service uh, you know, right before the podcast. Asked for a steak, medium rare. That is, I, I, I don't know if you could tell, but this, this steak was like turned into a diamond a week ago. Uh, it, it was, it was, it, it's burnt, it's cooked, it's rough, it's, you know, it's not, it is not to my tasting, Asta. Um, and for a guy like me, I have better expectations. I I have higher standards. I am not ready to accept mediocrity when it comes to steak. And 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 this so this I'm always gutted. worries me. If whenever Mike has an upset uh, upset dinner, we tend to lose the next day. So I we need to immediately get that right. Somebody get you a proper steak right now. Emergencies. I need lobster. 
I need uh, escargot. Uh, I need um, uh, coca vin. I, I need, uh, you know, I, I need, I need some stuff, and you know, this is this is not a good sign. Also, I have like four different train tickets for tomorrow to to Manchester from London, and none of them have reserved seats. So, I I might be standing, but if I have four different tickets to stand, can I lay down like in that area where four <laughs> like, people like, would like, normally be four plots of land? Is that how it works in a train? Exactly. Like, 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 you know, like, like I may not own a seat tomorrow, although I should have. But if I own four places where people would stand, may I not lie down there? I mean, I, 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 you know, if it's on the floor, then fine. But it it depends. Can you lay down in a four person spot? Personally, I'm too tall. Well, that's true. Um, You know, I can lay. I, yeah, I'm more girthy than I am than I am tall. Um, I don't know if you I know, know every conversation. We, we can't go a single podcast without talking about your penis. I went a whole podcast last night without talking about my penis. Um, it was the first one out of the 400 some odd podcasts that we've done, but I just but, but that's a great segue because just want to give a shout out to, to a few people. Um, first of all, Gabriel Mollard, uh, aka Beat Monkey. Gabe is, um, is an amazing audiovisual guy. He is the man who was the man behind the scenes for the Arsenal Vision podcast last October from the Victoria Taverns. He was the uh, the man behind the the production values of the Union Chapel podcast. Uh, you know, so if you attended the Union Chapel podcast with a thousand people in the house uh, for Ars Blog and and Arsenal Vision, like I did, or if you watched it online or on their Patreon. You heard what was going on there, um, and it just really made for a great podcast. I mean, Aston, you you were with me in Orlando when we did when we tried to do a live podcast, and it's fun and it's cool, and the people that are standing there and want to listen to the podcast is great. But for anybody else, whether you're like at the back of the bar or online watching, it didn't quite work without the mixing board and all the, all the preparation. So, so Gabe was, was unbelievable. Even with your, like, like telling everyone to be quiet and going to the crowd and. No, it just, it it was really, it was really difficult. It's hard to do it in those like wider open spaces, you know, like when we did it, um, when you did it in Baltimore, I feel like you, because it was a little more compact of a room, you really had everyone's focus, but like, yeah, when we do those big open ones, it's a little more difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm learning. Uh, this is early in my uh, in my show business career, Aston. So, uh, I mean, there, you only go up from here. It's part of the process. Trust the process. I am I am trusting the process. And in fact, my bell is still in my bag from last night because I brought it Dang. to the Riverwood Social Hour. Bell was a big hit last night. So, um, and I also want to thank Ruth. And Ruth is in the chat right now. Uh, Ruth was an amazing addition to the evening. It was incredible to finally meet Ruth. Uh, to be able to, as we have in all of our fundraising, highlight her artwork um, as both an incentive and a prize. Um, and uh, and she is, in fact, a prize. We got to meet Ruth, her husband. Um, uh, was it her sister? Her sister? Seth? Sister-in-law. Sister-in-law. Uh, just wonderful people. And, uh, and, and it was a, there was a lot of hugs going on there. So uh, just a great night. And we raised some money for Gunas versus Cancer. We uh, we experienced a kind of a communal event that uh, that I think we need to do more of and um, and now and, and and with Steph having been there and seen how kind of great it went, 
I am now, uh, I've been given the opportunity to come over every two weeks for the next 20 years. So, uh, so we're good. Let's have to find some money. You just um, need to bring me in your suitcase. I will, I will do that. Uh, I'll do that. Trevor was in the house last night. Mark was in the house last night. Uh, in fact, at one point I spoke to somebody who mentioned that they were amazed by the U S fan base and that they had seen or met somebody from Fort Lauderdale who turned out to be Craig, uh, who's also in the house tonight. So Craig's name was actually mentioned in the bar area last night, uh, as a, uh, as a great, uh, American gooner. So, uh, fantastic evening last night. And, uh, if you haven't seen it, you can still catch it, and the easiest way to go catch it on YouTube is to go to GoonerWatch.com. I think I have that linked up to the show itself, and uh, and you know it's never too late to donate to GoonersVCancer.com. So remember earlier when I was really upset about going out on loan? Well, now that I'm seeing the Gooner V Cancer and just the 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 skill and the plan that you have for it, I'm actually all in on this project. I'm all in. This is an outstanding project. You just become right a lawyer on Gunner for, Before you were like, yeah, Gunners V. Gunners, I'm waiting for something Gunners V that's better than Kansas. Like, like, yeah, you were waiting yeah, you know, I didn't really get it. You know, like, can't, like, how, why are we, like, are they Gunners, just to play soccer? Gunners like, have a team? V shitty steak, I think, should be <laughs> the next thing I do. Gunners V hotel rooms that are supposed to be air conditioned and are hot AF. Um, Listen, Those if the- you if you want to see um, Aston and Mike's side uh, side project, Gooners v Food, where we go and taste delicious foods all around uh, the Goonerville, uh, smash the like button, dude. That I mean, I I I only have a limited amount of time to do that to film that show, uh, oh, but we uh, actually give it to them, Mike. Okay, but but uh, but but yeah, I mean, you know, man versus food is a thing, but I think if we change it to Gooners versus food. And and we have these contests. I think uh, I think we could avoid uh, the the copyright strike in life that we would get. So uh, so yeah, great to see that Stefan was five minute walk from it and decided not to show up. Uh, thank you, Stefan, for that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, Arsenal. We're a professional podcast. Yeah. Look, Arsenal's playing tomorrow. And, That's true. Uh, and and. It's, it feels like, even though I've been in London and I've been to the last two games and loved every minute of both of them, and, you know, we've, we've shown resiliency and spirit and incredible atmosphere and ultimately got the job done by a goal in each game. Even with that, I think the, the whole transfer window ending with a thud type of feeling has a lot of people really nervous going into this weekend. That and the fact that it's, you know, it's fucking United. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, um, you know, but so so they've made some signings. They're not necessarily bedded in perfectly yet, but like when when can we feel comfortable about going to Old Trafford and winning? Is is this the time, or or is this still not the time for you? Well, I think that the biggest issue everybody's worried about are the injuries, right? Like that's the thing that that's on everybody's mind. That's what got, has people nervous. Um, I think that a little bit, and I and I hate because I, I don't want to have like a loser mentality, and I feel like this is a bit of a loser mentality, but the reality is, is if we lose tomorrow, we're still top of the league. Yeah, I mean, the, the, 
there's always this free hit, this free hit concept that people yeah. you know, that, that like to argue about. I mean, I, I didn't see City dropping points today. Uh, clearly, Miguel Delaney didn't see City dropping points today. With Especially not against Villa. Like, whoo. No. Oh, Im- imagine dropping points against Fulham or Villa or, you know, I mean, the, you know, those teams suck. Couldn't so, be me. Couldn't no. be me. No. Um, <laughs> not my team. But, like, yeah, we're in a pretty good position. Uh, we, we've got some breathing room. Frankly, if we if we don't get the job done tomorrow, who's in who's in second place? Spurs. I mean, I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, but this is this is what shows what we've got because mm-hmm. you know we haven't done great with cushions in the past. We had a cushion last season with about four weeks left in the season. We've you know we've had cushions under Unai Emery where you know where we completely dropped the cushion and lost the cushion. I mean, I, in in the Leicester year, we were literally top of the league with I think uh, six points or something in December. Yeah, and then we I blew mean, it. Like we just blew it. We are yeah. I mean, I, I've gone fishing for coins and cushions before, but like that's the only good thing that a cushion could possibly provide to you because with Arsenal we don't. We don't do well with cushions. So I don't want to be, you know, thinking about how dare you, Aston, bring up the concept of if we lose, we're still top of the league. Um, because I, we, because what Arsenal need is to get out of that mindset and just go and, like, fucking win this game. And and, and it's not just win. We don't want to just win. This is, Let's be honest about what all of us are feeling right now. I'll take just win. We, 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 you take just win, but you want to fucking batter them because how many times have we gone up to United with a team that like when they seem depleted, when they seem not in a great place and we should absolutely smash them and we don't. And so this is a time like where Arteta could really show us that he's changed things up. This isn't the same old arsenal that we've known over the years that takes things and slips. Yes, we have some players missing in the midfield. Yes, that makes me nervous. But actually, when we look at it, we see that um, Odegaard traveled, right? Ramsdale traveled, right? White traveled. Um, Zinchenko traveled. So we we absolutely should have enough to get past United. And honestly, what it would do for our mentality, I mean, six out of six, man. Could you imagine? Well, the... I, you know, not, I, I don't want to tempt fate and I don't want to like, but, but, but I had to look it up once we went five out of five. A lot of teams have done six. Only one team's ever done more than six to start the season. Um, and that's Chelsea that did nine. So, you know, six, six will be big. And especially because, I mean, what do we play Everton next week? Uh, after that, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, and 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 then I think we have one more, and then a break. I mean, it it really, this will turn it from, hey, we kind of started off quickly against teams that supposedly aren't aren't good, but they seem to be getting results against other top teams. Uh, to okay, this team is actually we're winning at home, we're winning away, we're winning against quote unquote top six teams, we're winning against bottom of the table teams, we're winning from ahead, we're winning from behind, we're we're. <laughs> You know what the worst part is, is for Arsenal to be considered the real deal, we have to bring a receipt as long as like a Walgreens receipt, right? We have to do everything. I already can hear the pundits tomorrow after we beat United saying like, oh, well, United are in a bad way. That's not really a good, like, you know, that wasn't a real test. Like, I can already read the really think, I mean, I mean, I know where you're coming from, but like, 
if we start off the season with six straight wins, three at home, three away against a variety of teams. Okay, maybe we haven't played Liverpool United yet, although I kind of wish we'd played Liverpool. Um, yeah, right. you know, maybe I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe we have, we haven't played City yet. Maybe, you know, maybe we haven't played Chelsea yet, who we beat the last time we played them. Uh, but you know, could they really still try to cheapen our achievement? I mean, I, I know that's a dumb question because of course they can. Yeah. But but can they really start to claim that it's circumstantial? Uh, I, I mean, Miguel Delaney today just tends who who was on our podcast who came on our podcast like six years ago to defend uh, a situation that he got up in arms about on, on Twitter. And we had a respectful difference of opinion on that, but he's, he just seems to be trolling a little bit again lately because he's posting today that essentially Manchester city in a normal year, his point was that the world cup changes everything, but that in a normal year with the Manchester city's lead that they have right now, you'd normally say that it was insurmountable and that they should win the league. Right. He's saying this on the third day of September when they're third. I mean, when he said it, they were second in the league. Now they're third in the league. Um, he's essentially looking at a table that consists of two teams, Manchester yep. City and Liverpool, and saying that, you know, they've got a six point. It's actually four points now. Uh, four point lead on Liverpool after five or six games and that that's insurmountable because they've never blown that lead before that concept is ridiculous but honestly, to, but I mean, honestly fuck crowning them when there's two 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 or three other teams that are in between them or above them and you know saying okay well those teams aren't really title contenders they're just they're they're, they're really top four contenders so you know we're not gonna we're not gonna worry about the fact that 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 Arsenal have a chance to go what four points, five points up? Three. I think we'd be three points up, wouldn't we? They were or two no, back. No, they were two back of us. Now they're one back of us. We can go four points up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and this is and this is the thing. And and this is why the hypocrisy of the media. It's always been us versus the world. You know how it is because all it took was United beating three teams. One of those teams I know is Liverpool, but look at the form Liverpool is in right now. And suddenly United are back. Suddenly all the headlines are reading how Ten Hag has really changed it. They almost look at like, they almost look at it and say, look, we've won the last three. We should be like, 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 why can't we like, why aren't we the favorites? And it's like, well, cause we won the last five, but it, it's crazy to me. The amount well, of bias might, there is in the media when the reality is teams aren't getting past Fulham. Teams aren't getting past Aston Villa. Teams aren't getting past Crystal Palace or Newcastle. Like, come on. This is the thing that I've been I've been griping about for years. When you know, people talk about, well, like last year, it was, well, Arsenal finished fifth. And that was in a year where United sucked. You know they'll improve. Where, where you know, West Ham was down, but you know they'll improve. And, and, and they might, but they're, <laughs> I mean, they're, still bottom of the table or close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, they, 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 they just assume that because teams don't meet their goals in a year, that that means that the next year they will, and we're going to get stuck behind and we're just automatically in line behind them again. It's like, uh, no, Manchester United added players, but they, I don't know that they got better. Um, you know, and, 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 and so honestly- like, every team is going to have bad years and it isn't because they're just off 
it's because the Fulhams and the and and the Villas and 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 those teams, maybe not the Evertons, all of them, all of the all thirty of the Evertons, it, maybe not because maybe because those teams are going to get points off of top six or top eight teams more than they would have 10, 15 years ago because of the parity in the league. Yeah, and and this is what it comes down to. Honestly, let's just call it for what it is. You've always been insecure about the Arsenal. You hate us because you ain't us. You hate that we play beautiful football. You hate that we brought tactics and standards into the league that you had never seen before. We 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 know that there's a bi- there's always been this bias against us. There's always they couldn't they could not wait until we dropped out of the top four. They could, they were salivating. And every, and look at, look at now, we were going through the process and all we got was ridicule. But meanwhile, now United has started their process and suddenly they can be told to trust the process. Come on, it is what it is. What I love is that every single victory creates these sweet, sweet tears that I love to lick off of their faces, okay? Because you know what? They're going to cry about it no matter what we do. So let's just you're, you're in You're into that as well? Yeah. No, it's hot. I, I like know. I like to like pour it all over my body, you know, like oh yes, Ooh, it's like it's, it's it's like I have to, like like aftershave. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, um, the the main thing though is going into tomorrow. So we've got the media hype, but then let's also talk about the actual game itself, right? What do we think is going to happen? I mean, I'm a little nervous because we we do have we do know that Ramsdale, White, Zinchenko, and Odegaard seem to have traveled with the team. I don't know if that means they'll play. I think it does. I mean, but... isn't there a minimum number of people so that the bus doesn't just flip over? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like the fact that they travel with the team. I don't know if they're going to play, but I think if you only put eight people on a bus, it just full, it just, it just rolls like like it doesn't actually stay on the ground. Mike, what kind of buses are you riding in? Like I, I, really weird ones, but like I I don't know. I mean, like 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 if they only had eight healthy players, wouldn't they just like ask for like family and like like make a wish Friends. people like to come on the bus and like, it would be like you know. To balance it out, how, yeah, do, how, mean, do, bu- yeah. how do bus drivers? Because well, all the players sit on the, the left side. The yeah, yeah. All the players sit on the left side, and then you know, it's going to tip over if you don't add the other half of the players, the the people on the bench. I, listen, uh, my, my the Gooners Pod, a study in physics. That, yeah, <laughs> we are we are the podcast that teaches you maths. It, te- <laughs> it teaches you economics. It teaches you physics, and it teaches you. A Social crisis. Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot of anatomy. No, but uh, that being said, are there any players you're really worried about from United? I'm I'm actually counting on Casemiro getting exposed tomorrow. Just just because, like, do you uh, maybe we've seen it a couple times for Arsenal, but like when when these big huge signings come in, Schweinsteiger. Yeah, I mean, like, like normally there's it takes a month or so for them to really bet into the team. So I'm going to assume he's going to start tomorrow, um, and I'm not that worried about him. I'm going to assume that, I, you know, the only player I'm truly worried about on that team right now is is um, I'm worried they might bench McGuire, um and i'm worried about jaden sancho because i think he's a good, he's a really good player and he's and he's finally finding a bit of form i think martial is hurt mm-hmm. um so you know 
I, I, you sh- the answer to the question should be Ronaldo. It, it should be, but and it is actually to be it, fair. Whenever it, they it probably him. is because yeah. he just loves feasting on the team that almost signed him. Uh, yeah. But um, you know, I, I just, I just see the whole the destabilization of of a starting eleven where where you've just you're just throwing pieces out onto the pitch, and that's what I love about their their up till the last couple of weeks failures. It just seemed like they were throwing pieces out on the pitch. And what worries me is the fact that they've started to play inferior players to form a team and it's actually worked. That's what helped them against Liverpool. And I, and I was gutted that they figured that shit out mm. for that well, game well, before we played. On, on that exact point, I feel like when you're in, cause we, we can always draw the parallels to Arsenal when Mikel Arteta took over. Right. Like I feel like when you have a team that is broken, like as deeply as United is the first thing that you have to do, they Brentford scored four past them. That's a broken team. The first thing you do is start drilling that team, defend, defend, defend. And you saw Arteta do the same thing. That's back when we used to play three at the back at first. We had that really grindy game versus Liverpool, the the one nil that we won. Uh, the same thing versus City um, in the FA Cup. We were really grinding it out. And I feel like that's always the first place they start. That's why I'm not really worried about United offensively as much as I'm worried like I'm worried about us not scoring and then them getting a fluke goal. Like that's, that's my worry of how the game, like if I was going to like talk about how could this go wrong for us? And well, and, and the other way it can go wrong for us is that Bruno Fernandes will amputate somebody, uh, get a warning and then, you know, Jaka or, or Gabriel will, uh, pass gas on somebody and get a red card and like i mean it's i I, talk about refs for a minute because did you you see that shit today okay i was at a wedding all day today and i've got pictures i was at a wonderful wedding today uh great wedding arsenal related kind of wedding today um gonna name drop but uh but the um i what i saw was the early game i watched the watched most of the uh, merseyside derby but then at 3 p.m., all you can see is this. All you can see is this bullshit right here. Because the 3 p.m. games are not televised here in the UK, where I, where I now reside. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got nine people. you got like, I, what is this, seven on the screen? There's like nine or ten people all in a little horseshoe. And they're, they're watching the games, but we're not allowed to watch the games. And they just start they just start screaming, and you gotta wait 10 or 15 seconds to see what they're screaming about. And then you see the goal go up on uh you know on, on the board there. You see like the little the blinking tot or or che or or WHU. So I didn't see the th- I have heard about some ridiculous calls and no calls in the 3 p.m. games today, though. So, so walk us through those, Aston, because so, living in the U.S., which is the home of watching the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Well, clearly, uh, clearly, clearly, let me tell you, you, you Londoners, you English. I don't know. Limey, you guys limey even, you guys even know what football is over there? Yeah. I'm, I'm, Anyways, I'm a limey soccer. soccer bastard over here. Um, but yeah, during the Chelsea West Ham game, there was one of the most egregious like VAR calls I've ever seen where, um, who was it that was through on goal on Mindy and they 
they pinch him for fouling Mindy, but when you slow it down, he jumps over Mindy. Like, he literally just never makes contact with I Mindy. I saw, like, a gif of that or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and obviously West Ham go and score, and then and then they take the goal back, and it's just, like, it seems so rigged. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, how VAR could, like, slow that down, and you can so they go back and score after point. that? Hmm? They go back and score after that. No, no, West Ham scored right there to even it up. It was 2-1 at the time. It would have gone 2-2. Oh, oh, so it was 2-1 already. Then it would have gone to 2-2, yeah. but they call it back, yeah. and that's the way it ends. Yeah. And uh, it's just it just goes back to the the listen, the same old problem that we that we know. All of the refs are all buddies that come from the same neighborhood. They they've all they you know, you're not going to grow up and learn to criticize your friend. They're not in, they're not very diverse. They don't have diverse opinions. They never you never see ref infighting. Even when they retire from being ref and become pundits, they never question each other. And it's a lack of accountability. They can make these insanely bad calls and then pretend like they're OK and then no one can touch them. You know, yeah, it, I, I'm. It's ridiculous. I mean, people used to get like this before a Mike Dean refereed game. And I was I was early in actually saying that, you know what? Mike Dean's overall performance against us, as far as bullshit calls, isn't that bad. It's certainly not as bad as some of the other refs when he was when he was still active. Mm. It's just it, it it's not that he hates us, it's that he just wants to be the center of attention. So if whatever team gives him the opportunity to, you know. Yeah, then uh, then he would do it, and you know, of course, his VAR career is off to a great start. But um, exactly, any referee now, any referee now, it it, there is that added kind of is this going to end up deciding the game? And I mean, it's it's, do they just because they're all from the northwest? So so why do they why do they favor Chelsea? Why do they favor Tottenham? Why? Well, I mean, I know it's the English national team thing, but like, why? It's just it's it's not even a northwest thing. It's a, it's not even a north. It's just an anti-Arsenal thing. Well, the, there's an anti. Man. There's definitely an anti-Arsenal bias, but I think a lot of that is they're just badly. They don't want to admit that they're badly coached, like they're badly trained to actually officiate games. So, like, there's that. Like, like it's like I I, I always say, like, listen, England has England. The EPL has a referee problem. Their fucking bias, their their uptight bias and hate for foreigners is why it's focused on Arsenal. But it's it, it you see it everywhere. Matter Master, of fact, later I, in that, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say something that that you're not even gonna say. Name one black referee in the in the FA. There's not. We I, actually just did a study. There, uh, there, the the um it, it was the um it was the mixed black and asian groups did a huge study on the um on the refs and they noticed that there's nothing but white refs in one the, one uh, may, I, like one or two maybe in league 1 or league 2 if that yeah. and then and then you go down to to the non league and the only reason i point that out is sounds like cops it's well it's just it's statistically impossible that decisions promotions awarding of, of of games is being made purely on merit yeah because what it is is nobody needs to have the you can talk about which white guy you hate the most but like but like the, i mean that's no, no, no. That nobody right needs to have the intent involved. 
But when you get all of them together with their collective similar biases, their biases, instead of being diverse and different and canceling each other out, just add to each other and create these ridiculous situations. And that's not the only one we saw today, Mike. At 1-1, Aston Villa, Coutinho scored. Like it was Coutinho yeah, I heard was that called, too. I heard yeah, that too. Coutinho was called offside for no reason. And that would have been 2-1 Aston Villa. Um, City could have dropped three points and us and Tottenham would have been the only undefeated teams in the league. But here we are, you know, we live in this reality, the one where City pays the refs. I mean, I mean, there's bias. Bias, that's what it is. It's crazy. And and again, you know, I don't think there's bias. I I don't mean to suggest that there's color bias in refereeing. Uh, I'm not making that statement. What I'm saying is the, the fact that in football, maybe 20 to 30 to 40 percent i mean i'm i'm literally just making this up but i'm i'm asking of footballers are black and you would think that the the that the referee pool would match the player pool to a certain extent and if that is the case there's i mean there, there's just no merit involved it is impossible that it's being judged purely on merit it, it can't be it's yeah, being yeah, judged exactly. based on on like you said a good old boys club uh, or worse, if it, you know, if well, if really actually, like they said in the reports, a lot of them, a lot of the refs that were trying to come up have actually been told incredibly racist things, being told to cut your dreadlocks if you want to referee games, um, in the higher leagues, things like you know, I, I think it deserves more. Than, I think it really deserves more discussion because I mean, yeah. we, you know, there, there's been a, a lot, and, and I didn't mean to take it in this direction necessarily, but like. You know, uh, Kevin brings up a great point. You know, what managers of color that we we all know about the struggles for Saul Campbell to find work when you know when when Gary Neville and and and, uh, and frankly Frank Lampard continue to get Lampard, Gerard, all of them. Jesus, I mean. So anyway, um, you know, it the merit system is not there, and and it's just I I can't believe there's such little accountability in something that. We're talking about billions of pounds changing hands and going into hands that that are that are led by referees, led by refereeing decisions, led by PGMOL, um, and and it's it's insane. It, it deserves a little bit more looked at, looking at. And and I will say, uh, as as. I believe that name is Kiss My White Ass. Is it? <laughs> Kesmoor. All right. As, as Kissmoor says, check out Untold Arsenal blog. They did a massive statistical analysis of EPL refereeing over three seasons with independent foreign referees watching the games. Arsenal clearly suffered the most. Four years ago, I'm going to admit to something here. Four years ago, I got in this ongoing Twitter beef with this guy in Seattle, uh, Washington, um, mostly on the Arsenal America fan group. And, and, and the, the, the concept was at the time, it's not Arsene Wenger's fault. It's the referees because this was, you know, in the height of, okay, Ars- Arsene Wenger is, uh, you know, in or out, or, you know, we were, we were in the process of falling out of the champions mm-hmm. league and, and, you know, I wasn't Arsene Wenger in or out, but at that point I had come to the conclusion that, like, look, you know, we are actually declining. 
we can't keep pointing to referees and conspiracies and all that sort of stuff. You know, let's, let's not be wusses about this. Let's, let's turn the attention on ourselves. If we get a bad call, we should, you know, we shouldn't be in the position to let that affect our game. That was my viewpoint at the time. I've come around a little bit in the last three or four years. And, 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 what, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because he used to always, like I was trying to find statistics and, I'm a maths guy, law of large numbers, um, regress to the mean, standard deviation. Those are all parts of my language. And, you know, I counted on those to support my theory as far as like it's selective memory when something goes wrong for us. And then when when we get a good call, we don't think about it very much. Mm -hmm. But when we get a bad call, we think about it eight times as much. All that shit's out the window now. so, and he used to refer to that untold Arsenal blog all the time. And I was like, that's a biased, completely, you know, one-sided analysis of things, mostly in favor of Arsene Wenger, not even in favor of Arsenal. Mm-hmm. So if they're still going and they're still pointing out refereeing inconsistencies, then good for them. My bad, because, I mean, at this point, I'm not even going to act like I don't think it's a thing anymore. It, it, it's actually crazy. So what, what they also notice too, like you'll notice there's a team. You remember the when Lester won the league? And do you remember what Wenger said? He goes, well, it's really hard to play when the country wants Lester to win. He was referring to like the fact that they got no calls. Like it was actually really crazy. And we were and we were getting calls left and right again. And it was just it just wasn't adding up. You know, I I've, I remember in the 2012, it might have been 2012, 13, or maybe it was 13, 14. Yeah, it was 13, 14. City. City used to get get all that year, that entire year. I remember we were just like, what is going And this was before VAR. We're like, what is what is going on? Like, I remember there was a, a game when, like, uh, a Liverpool had a chance to actually peg them back and we would have gone top of the league. And they didn't because of the craziest offside call I have ne- I've ever seen. It, I don't know, dude. There seems to be something in the water, whether it be a collective buildup of bias or actual intent. Maybe we're not paying the refs. I've that you know that's something that's always kind of stuck in the back of my mind. Is did you, did you might be did, the type of team that would refuse to participate in that sort of thing? And here's the obligatory: Did you ask Stan Kroenke when you met him whether we had made the this month's payment to the to the refs? Well, and, and what he and what he said was, uh, "Well, you see, uh, well," uh, and I was like, "Did, did, did he say that the good. refs? You're, you're you're such an absentee manager. Get out of our club." Like that's exactly what I said to Stan, an owner, not manager. You um, you should have said when he said that he was going to buy all the employees a steak dinner when they won the Champions League. You should have said, "Just buy the steak dinner for the refs now." And then we'll win a Champions League, uh, you know, because he loves steak dinners. And and you know what? He wouldn't love steak dinners if they look like this it's fucking pieces. Of, this this piece of steak looks like something you would get out of the bottom of a coal mine. It looks like like I don't know, like something that the guy from Peaky Blinders, the Jewish guy from Candon, like 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 would sell because it's been at the bottom of a of a, of a South African coal mine and a diamond mine for two weeks. And I'm still going to eat it once the podcast ends. That's the really sad part. <laughs> yeah. Just like no matter how bad the refereeing is, we're still going to watch the game. Oh, yeah. You know, we're, yeah. we're still going to watch the game. I'm still going tomorrow. 
Um, you know, and and uh, I'm just I'm pre pre complaining, I suppose. And I said last night, I something last night at the podcast, I made a comment that you know everyone is so upset that we didn't sign somebody at the end of the transfer window that they're pre-complaining that we're going to blow our opportunity yeah. because of our lack of depth. But here I am pre-complaining about the refereeing tomorrow already. <laughs> wait, wait, real quick, real quick though, real quick. Uh, on that note, how do you how do you feel about the transfer window? I don't think we've had that um had a chance right. to have that conversation uh since it closed, right? Yeah, and you know, I asked our our our, our guests last night about it. Um FK, uh Harry Simeon, James Benj, Tom Canton and Sophie Nicolau. Uh, I didn't really weigh in on it, actually. So, uh, so thank you, Aston. Um, I think, I think that had this transfer window happened in reverse, in other words, if you take the three months of the transfer window and flip them, we we really didn't sign anyone at first. Everything's going slow. People are complaining. All of a sudden, we sign. Zinchenko and we're like okay that's a really good signing and then a couple weeks later uh we we sign you know Fabio Vieira out of nowhere we don't really you know know who that is but 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 it's you know and then you know right towards the end of the season after the first game or two when we when we might be struggling offensively we go and we nail Gabby Jesus for a really good price and and here and we're off and running people I think would be much happier with the transfer window if it were in reverse than it was. Now, they might still be saying, you know, we're two people short and they might still be saying we needed another midfielder because, you know, in the first couple of weeks we had four to seven injuries in our midfield, <laughs> uh, which is just arsenal for you. But like, but, but I just, it was such a good first month or two of the transfer window. It was so different from what we're accustomed to as far as getting players in. It's almost like we forgot that we signed people because they played with us on the whole American tour as though they had been there, you know, all along. I, I think it was, you know, if you rate it out of 10, I give it a, I, I give it somewhere between a seven and a half and an eight. Um, and, and it's hard. It's just like last season. Fifth place was a success, but the way we ended up in fifth was a failure. Mm. So our transfer window was a success, but the end of it feels like a failure. Mostly because of information we gained in the last two weeks about our depth and our and our injuries. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the fact that we weren't willing to expose – to, to essentially just open our anuses for Aston Villa or Leicester, you know, and you know, when it comes to opening anuses, we've done a lot of that in the past. We're very, very good at it. I, yeah. I like what you, you know. I like. I, I feel like that bodes well for January, uh, if mm -hmm. if need be for January. But you well, know, I was going to say, I, we drop between now and then, we'll see. 
I like what you're saying because what you're adding to the discussion, and this is something most Arsenal fans don't have, sorry to Russell Jimmy's out there, you're adding a little nuance sauce. You know, you're making your opinion a little delicious with this tasty little complexity that you're adding. Yeah, yeah, right there. <laughs> and, this, is new, and, this is nuance sauce right here. And and the reality is, is you don't even want to know what that really is, by the way. No, it's, it's delicious. You it's I'll, I'll tell you what, I drink that up all day, usually off of mic. Um <laughs> Like like the sweat and the tears. It's just lapping uh, all day. Um, what it is is too many of our fans are so black and white. It's either all bad and all good, and it's just the world doesn't operate on those things on those parameters. I think we did learn some strengths and weaknesses from Edu. I think that if you really look at it, Edu's hit rate is kind of crazy. When Edu actually gets a deal done, that deal. That's why I'm so confident in Fabio Vieira. Because his hit rate is crazy. He when he picks a player, like that player's fits in like that. And I, you know, I hold my hands up. But what I think one of his weaknesses is, and I think that became apparent, I think this is where a little of the frustration comes from. I don't know if he's the greatest at getting the deals done or whether it's a maybe it's a we don't maybe we don't know how much the club has to spend or something. Because if you think about it, we did get two transfers hijacked. There was absolute interest in Rafinha and Lissandro Martinez. Absolutely. And both of those got hijacked. And then when it came down to, listen, you are in an emergency situation. You did have depth, but this is a crazy situation. And now it is your job as the director to manage the crisis. Can you be the guy that can just reach in the market and get something done um, kind of last minute? And the answer was, Ultimately, no. If I understand, we don't want to overpay for Douglas Louise or Tielemans. That 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 makes sense considering that um, with the World Cup just around the corner, we're actually going to have a short. Like the January window is much closer than people think. Well, we it's talked about the, there's ten Premier League games between now and the January window. Yeah, so it, it's not there's like a lot of Europa League games. I mean, there's six Europa League games and a, and a, and two League Cup games potentially, but or three maybe. But like. That's but yeah, only but 18 games. Still. I think I, I, I think that that is in the team's calculus. And I yeah. think and I think that you know as as much as it's this isn't dithering. Okay. We've dithered over players in the past. We've dithered over Luis Suarez, we've dithered over Eagoin, we've dithered over over all of this shit over a million here or a hundred thousand that we've dithered over Javi Javi Alonso we've dithered and that's kind of the 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 legacy of Arsene Wenger is is having coffee with people's parents and not signing them like Mbappe and then dithering what we're doing now is not dithering although you could say you could say we could have been in for we could have been in for a midfielder earlier than than deadline day, and and that was discussed last night. Yes, we could have. Hoggy asked a great question, like you know the the whole du- Douglas Louise thing. I mean, maybe if we started a week earlier, there would have been a different response to it. But instead, it was all on deadline day after a pretty, you know, pretty unpleasant experience at Emirates on Wednesday evening. So they weren't going to sell for shit. Um, but like, this isn't dithering. This is essentially. Arsenal are now coming out and saying we value Tielemans with one year left on his contract with what we think we'll use him for at this. We value him at this wage and this cost. We might offer less as an initial offer, 
but this is the most we're going to offer for him. We're not going to offer more than 20 and we're not interested in paying him more than 150,000 a week or, you know, I'm just making numbers up, but like, mm -hmm. and, and, and literally if the bidding gets to 22, we're saying, no, you have to know how to walk away from the table sometimes. And, you know, what the big clubs do and the, you know, and, and what a lot of Arsenal fans want the big club, what want us to do to be a big club is to stop dithering over 5 million pounds. And what I see now, and maybe I'm just framing it this way because I want it, see it this way. Maybe I'm open to that possibility, but like I see an Arsenal who's, who's figured out what they want to do, who they want to do it with. And if they can't get it done, then they're going to move on and they're going to wait until the next opportunity. And, you know, it's a risky strategy, but it is certainly the strategy that we need to keep us from getting back into the situation where we have dead weight. So I, I agree with so much of what you're saying. I think that I, I I think that when people have that wrong idea that like, listen, I don't think we should overpay on Louise or Telemans. Like the, absolutely no reason we can buy them later. I think where the issue comes from is sometimes you wonder were Telemans and Louise the only two players we could have grabbed? Same thing as we said back in well, January. Are they the only two players we were looking at? I mean, we don't know that either. With a striker, could you not find a striker on loan? I get that you wanted Gabriel Jesus, but could you have not gotten another striker on loan? The striker on loan thing last year kind of – kind of, I, I, I get that, although striker on loan would have simply replaced Nketiah's minutes and – yeah, yeah. Would he have done I, I, I think better than Ketia ultimately did. I mean, like, like I don't think that's where we lost yeah. the league is not getting a, you know, it, not getting not getting Vlahovic or anybody in at striker or Izak or whoever. I think not getting Izak was a great decision. I think not getting anybody on loan was a risky decision, but Niketia mm -hmm. made it made it moot. Okay, sometimes the risk works out. In this situation, the risk of not getting a new striker worked out, but the risk in the midfield and the center backs did not. Uh, yeah, and that's where true. we lost. Well, that's where we lost the top four. Um, but that kind of goes into like my question. Do you think that there's really no other midfielders on a level that can do a job for like 10 games that we could have just grabbed on loan? Just, just to kind of make sure that we, we, that we don't let the opportunity slip, you know, that we are in a great position and we just submit. So you're, ta you're talking about, you're talking about a half season loan mm -hmm. or maybe even a full season loan yeah, of a sure. midfielder. Um, who? Take us, take us in next summer where T no, is a free agent. Who? I mean, like, like, like I'll give you an example, mellow, because that's exactly what Liverpool just picked up. Yeah. But haven't we been there before and decided that, that, I mean, the, uh, because, because I think that loan came with an either an op, I think that might have come with an option to buy rather than an obligation to buy. But mm. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not out to defend the club and yeah. at every turn. Um, it's difficult. It is, it's difficult. It is possible that I could say, you know, I think we could have done more and should have done more. I'm not going to pre-complain. I'm not going to get up in arms about it. I'm hopeful because you know what, the club. It's easy for fans to just kind of. You know, well, trade he, these guys in and out. But we're, we're forgetting the name of one very important person in this whole puzzle, which is Sambi Lakanga. That's true. And I brought it up last night in the in the podcast to, to Sophie. I'm like, I'm like, the fact that we didn't get another midfielder, I mean, we are short, but 
we're all assuming that Sambi Lakanga is going to fail. And, and, you know, while it's a very limited sample size, if he's got the players in front and behind him that we now have, as we saw, especially in the first half against Aston Villa, he could, he could hold, he, I mean, you know, he could hold the fort for 10 games if need be, or, or six games if need be. That's what we all hope. And at the end of the day, I believe to be fair to your point, with a hit rate like what Edu and Arteta have put up over the last couple transfer windows, maybe we do need to have a little faith in their judgment calls. And ultimately, you didn't say that this was a 10 out of a 10 window. You said it was an 8 out of a 10. And I think that's all. And I think all of these points are kind of reasonable. And that kind of comes back to the, are Arsenal's fan base at a place where they're willing to start listening to more nuance? Or are we always going to be stuck in this polarized kind of, it's all shit or it's all great kind of world? Well, and, and and I think a lot of the views of the window in these, you know, the people that are giving it fives and sixes out of ten, you know, it, it's because we didn't get the team to where they are Premier League title challenge ready with depth to support it. And, you know, again, at some point, you have to stop saying we're a couple windows away. I agree with that. But, you know, you... you if if this is if this is a five or a six where we get Gabby Jesus, who who again I I think he is a potential, you know, golden boot potential, just inc- I mean legend for Arsenal. We get him for forty five million. We get Zinchenko for what was it thirty five million something like mm-hmm. that. Um, we get uh, Vieira who by all means should be a, you know, once, once he's finally patched up and ready to go, should be a good player. Um, you know, we get these play. If that's a five or a six, then what is an eight exactly? And what is a 10? Like, is a 10 what Barcelona has done? Because like, that's, that's, that's pretend stuff. What Barcelona yeah. has done. I mean, that's not real. I mean, to be fair, I, I be as fair. much as I, I people I, over here, I love. By the way, I love everyone over here. It's is to be fair. Every <laughs> sentence starts with "to be fair." I love it. But to be fair. To be fair. It's, uh, the perfect person to say the the person who says that the best is McNicholas. By the way, McNicholas. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, because he kind of talks. He kind of goes like, "To be, fa- I don't know how to explain." He talks out to of the side. Yeah, the country bar is the quintessential uh, British Cadbury. Uh... Big up James McNicholas, by the way, Gunner Blog. That dude is way cooler than I thought he was. Like that dude is actually like the funnest time. I could have told you that years ago, man. He's my favorite. Yeah, well, listen, I'm not the celebrity you are, Mike. You get to uh, meet you are now. You are now. So come on, <laughs> stop acting like you. You know, you're still catching up with me. Yeah, I I think that I think that what a lot of people do too is when you see other teams doing ridiculous stuff like United and Chelsea, you kind of get these like puppy dog eyes for like the grass is always greener. But the reality is, is what a lot of people aren't looking at is, you know, this Ajax thing that United are trying, if this doesn't work out and they're not good enough for the Premier League, like they're fucked for like the next three or four years. I think they're fucked for the next three or four years anyway. But like, yeah, like, like, oh, I mean, if this works, I'm going to be so disappointed because I so don't want it to work. What is, what is, okay. What is their next plan? If this doesn't work out, like, like, honestly, because you know, you know how they are. They're like, oh shit, this didn't work out. We gotta, we gotta give, 
the shiniest new toy to our kid who's having the tantrum. So if this doesn't work out and they don't make Europe and maybe they're like seventh or eighth and there's, and, and Ronaldo's still bitching and wants to leave in January, like who's next? Like, like is Sam Allardyce really next for them? <laughs> like, like, is there, Sean like, what they, cause they went to the young coach with the system that works. They they've done the, they've done the, the, I mean, the answer to the question is Antonio Conte, which makes me feel good and bad at the same time. But like, but like what, I mean, what are they, you can't keep just changing one thing and expecting everything else to go. I mean, they have to do what we've done. And that's, and that's my greatest appreciation for what Arsenal has been through over the last three or four years is that, you know, if you needed any more proof that what we were doing and what, what everyone wanted us to do to get out of this hole quickly is the wrong thing to do. Just look at United. Yeah. Just yeah at United. And I think that it's under, I think it's underappreciated that we got in like what, like five players. We actually sent out like 30. Like, oh, it's incredible. Let, let me see. I actually have this from, uh, from Andrew Allen from, from uh, our, our blog news. I have, it might be a bit jumbled and hard to read, but like these, yeah. these, these are our outgoings. The top part are, are, uh, are, are sales and the bottom part are loans. And, and while, while that won't be easy to read, um, that's a lot of people, man. Yeah. And then it's here's, our, and here, here's our roster going forward. Now, Art, Arteta said he wanted 21 field players and three and, or 22, 21, 22 field players and three keepers. Yep. And that is exactly where we are at this point. I'm fairly sure though, you know, that there are some upgrades that could, could be made on this. I mean, I'm looking through, well, of course there are upgrades that can be made like Reese Nelson, uh, you know, Marquinhos might not have been uh, envisioned as being one of the first team players, but like he's got the size of the squad is what he always wanted. It's just that, you know, if we have the kind of injuries that Arsenal's having, at what point is there an inquest on why we can't keep people healthy within the team? I mean, is it we can't keep people healthy or is it certain players don't stay healthy? Because if it you look at like Granite Jock, Granite Jock has pretty much been healthy for the last seven years. Well, that's true. Um, or is he just the freak? Is he just the exception? Same thing with Bakayo Saka, too, to be fair. so It, it just feels like uh, Partey and Tierney and... We'll see how it goes with Tommy Asu. Partey, Tierney, Tommy Asu. Um, ESR. ESR. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit nuts. Uh, but... Uh, so let me go through some other pictures from uh, from 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 recent days because I you know I've I've been in London now for uh, what is it yeah Friday? you got to talk to us about the wedding man well I've I've been to two weddings uh, I don't remember much of the podcast we did the other night I have to be honest with you um, I was uh, enjoying the fruits of Amsterdam <laughs> and, uh, and and so if I didn't make much sense the other night I in fact I I. I had to look back at the podcast. Uh, I saw when I was numbering our podcast in order, you know, with the, with the season and the episode, I forgot that we had done that podcast. And I, and I, and I thought that it was a podcast that you and the other guys had done without me. Um, <laughs> and then, and then remembered. So, uh, so I don't know if we talked about this, but, uh, but yeah, the first, the first of the weddings was, uh, was this, this, look at those two, man. I mean, picturesque. 
it, it is picturesque. Um, they're they're a great couple. Uh, Tom joined us last night because, of course, you know when you when you work in the football media, you don't go on your honeymoon right away when it's during the football season. Uh, but George is a lovely, lovely woman, and 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 it was a great wedding. Um, they really look like they actually love each other, and yeah. and uh, and that's nice. And thank you. Um, oh, you mean them? No, no, I was talking about you. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there's the Arsenal tie that I brought with me that I've pretty much worn uh, to to all of the weddings I've been to. Bailey Keough in the middle, up and coming journalist for Football London, great guy. Uh, just a really, really fun day, and I was really, really pleased and honored to to be there. There were a number of other people. I joked last night that I was, I got the one podcast invitation, uh, but no, there were a lot of people that were invited, and for multiple reasons, uh, various people couldn't come. But uh, but it was a great, great day. And then tonight was the wedding of a good friend of mine, Peter Majuzzi. Uh, some of you may know as DJ Solanke. Um, who DJ uh, Solanke. who who is the DJ for uh, game day on, at the Emirates? He's responsible for uh, for playing the Saliba song after the Fulham game. What did he play after the other game? I, I was um, Saka and Emil Smith Rowe. Oh yeah, yeah. He played he played rock um, the Saka and Emil Smith Rowe song. I asked him to play another one bites the dust. I asked him that last year. I'm like that would be the perfect post game song, but like a we actually have to be beating teams yeah. and B it's probably a little classless. Uh, I doubt that the Arsenal brass will really feel comfortable with that kind of like aggression. And, 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 and he told me, he's like, I brought it up at a meeting and they're like, yeah, that's not really, you know, the classy thing. But uh, so this wedding today, I've never been to Ugandan wedding before. Um, you know, I, I've, been to a handful of weddings before, but I was so pleased to be asked such a warm, incredible environment. Uh, the, the two families, uh, Peter and his wife, both from, from Uganda, uh, but they have relatives in the U S and, and, and so the wedding was, was really different from any other wedding I've been to. And it was just so nice. So, so lovely. And, um, and, and there's Aww. Peter, there's Peter on the right with his bride. Um, I hope that it's okay that I'm showing these pictures. I, I, uh, you know, I'm certainly not, I'm not tweeting these out, but, uh, but for the, the small group of you that are here, um, no, that's not cutting. It's a, listen, we all, this, is, this man is part of the Arsenal family. We all love to celebrate his success together. And yeah. boy, does that look like a successful couple? Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're great. And then this is from the event last night. Uh, I took this right in the middle of the show. I just grabbed my camera and I said, I wanted to, you know, to take a picture of the crowd. We had about 40 to 50 some odd uh, people at the Ridley road social house. There's Gabriel on the right, the, the, the main man for, uh, for the audio visual. There's, there's staff representing goodness versus cancer with Ruth back right next to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, just, just a, a really, really cool evening. Um, there's Steph and oh. Ruth at the beginning. Uh, they, they hit it off as I knew that they would. Um, and, uh, let's see what else do we have. So there's Soph and Ruth meeting with Steph in the background. <laughs> um, is, is Steph the new Cedric? She's just always in the background. <laughs> of things. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised Soph had enough time to come see you guys after being on sky sports all week. Well, well, she was on sky sports the night before 
at the beginning of the show, she was actually doing a live hit on, on talk sport. Um, so the first 15 minutes of the show or so there was an empty chair, but, uh, but this was during the sound check. This was our panel starting on the left from Harry to FK, uh, James Benj, some fat guy, and then Tom and, uh, Tom and Soph. And, and just, you know, I was telling them earlier today, I was like, I definitely over-prepared. I mean, I like to prepare for stuff like that. You know, this kind of pod, I don't need to prepare for. But those, so I had my cards. I had my intros. I could have just started the podcast off and said, Harry, Arsenal. And and, and, <laughs> and, then, and, then, yeah, and then Harry would have passed it off to F. I mean, like, I didn't need to be there. I just wanted to be there because of my ego. But, like, I didn't need to be there. And 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 those guys, you know, it, they just know what they're talking about. They know how to relate to, you know, and and, and it was just, it was a really fun, fun, fun evening. And, um, and you know, and we're going to do more of these things. I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't say I don't get a kick out of meeting people and greeting people and bringing people together. I mean, it's, it's a thing for me. I just have to figure out how I can raise money for charities and pay my own bills doing that. So, uh, so I do have to keep my day job, but, um, well, listen, being an activist and I, I can tell you a thing or two about that, which this is a form of activism. You, you don't get rich off of it. If you're actually doing the thing that you're trying to do, helping the cause you're trying to help, like, yeah, it is, it is, it is the juggle. I will say something to you though, Mike, you know, there was once a young boy, who came up to the Arsenal first squad, Invincibles that were, were right around the corner. And he saw the team and he goes, how do I fit in? These guys are so great. They don't need me. That young boy was Cesc Fabregas. And the rest is history. I thought you were Mike, say, you are the Cesc Fabregas of pods. Oh, come on, come on. I thought you were going to say Danny Carbassi. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Carbassi. <laughs> Yo, I, I, dude, I love that guy though. I, I, I sincerely, I sincerely love that guy. He is one of the nicest people on the, on the face of the earth. I do. I mean, you saw my, my face light up when I finally met him. I mean, I, I had to ask you if that was him in Baltimore because we had been pining to just chat with him for our podcast because ultimately when we started, we were an Arsenal podcast starting in America who thought we'd probably focus on the American side of things until ultimately our audience drove that in a different direction, with, <laughs> with, with, which, which I'm thrilled about, but like, you know, cause it doesn't compartmentalize us into a really small hole, but like Danny was one of the first, when I, when my son Jake was doing summer, summer little programs for, for, you know, for soccer, I, when, when it's him, when it's a seven-year-old American playing, you know, in America, it's soccer to me. Um, but like his, his coach, if you want to call it that, or the instructor of this thing was talking about Danny Carbassian because Jake was wearing an Arsenal jersey. I was wearing an Arsenal jersey. And he's like, you guys have to, like, he's like, I know this guy, Danny Carbassian. And, and this was in 2009, 2010. So it was not too long after Danny had had his first team experience. Um, and, you know, he was telling us about this guy who I'd never heard of before. And, you know, lo and behold, a couple of years later, we're starting a podcast and, and, and he was one of the first people we wanted to get on. And we just never were able to do that until we met in Baltimore. And I saw him sitting there next to James and you. And I was like, I was like, that's Danny, right? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure <laughs> before I went up to him and like, 
and uh, couldn't be a nice Honestly, guy. story of my life these last couple of months. I'm like, is that the guy I think? <laughs> is that the guy I is used to watch Mark on TV? Brindle? I don't know. I've never seen Mark in the flesh. Is that really him? Who <laughs> just? Oh, Brindle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I was in I was in the Arsenal offices the other day because I had a meeting for Gunners versus Cancer. I told you this with Mark, mm-hmm. um, with with uh, with our friend Mark from the comms team, and uh, you know trying to see how you know how Gunners versus Cancer could potentially be en- enhanced in the Arsenal world, let's call it. And um, and so it's my first time actually going up the ev- elevator into the offices of Highbury House. And I walk off the elevator and there is Mark Ganella, who every five minutes I was like around the corner from him in Baltimore and in Orlando and in Denver and in LA and Charlotte and DC the year before to the point where he's like, like, where did you come from? Like, like you're, you're <laughs> always, and, and, and he, and there he is again. And, and I just seen him a few weeks earlier in the States and I, I, I was so wishing he would just turn around because I wanted to see the look on his face of just dread and disgust <laughs> that, that like, like I, I infiltrated his world once again. Just, oh, and just him going, who, who let this guy in? And, and, and just a few days earlier, um, at the Fulham game, I was sitting right by the entrance tunnel in Jack Stevenson's seats, and right at the end of the game, when we were holding on to that lead and it was you know injury time, he comes out and I yelled out to him, and he's like, <laughs> "Like there you are again." <laughs> I'm like, the the I'm only like, thing, the only thing worst that would nightmare. be is if like um you you're in a meeting with like Vinai or something for Gunners v Cancer, he goes, "All right, I know who exactly who I'm going to put on this uh, Gunners versus Cancer file." All right, you and Mark are going to be partners. <laughs> Well, Mark, Mark, Mark is Vinay's gatekeeper anyway. So uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've spoken to Vinay about it, but the, but yeah, Mark, Mark's always there, and and to him, I must always be there, which is kind of funny. Uh, and 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 if you watched, if you watched uh, All or Nothing, it was the Mark, it was the Mark Ganella show, basically. You know, walk arm around uh, Arteta coming out of the Obama Yang press conference, walking various places. I mean, like he was just walking everywhere. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's funny how much of our executive staff, well, I know he's not an executive, but you get what I mean. Management team was visible in, uh, the all or nothing video. It's almost, it's almost like it was something created to, uh, I think, I I think it would have been weird if they weren't like, like that's the whole point is to show the behind the scenes stuff. So, uh, true, true, true. Let's get some, uh, as, as we cross the, the 70 minute mark, let's get some score predictions from the chat. We've got 40 people in the chat, which is great. Uh, let me give a quick shout out while we get some score predictions for tomorrow. Yeah, Mark McCreden, who we and then I've got a couple of starred comments slash questions that we can finish off with. Um, Definitely. Mark, can we also do a lineup? Because I know, like, do you think there's going to be any major changes tomorrow? I just don't. I, I really don't know. With the, I mean, with all the, mm. with the Ben Whites, I, I'd almost rather not try. Up until this game, it's been almost nailed on what the lineup was going to be yeah uh in this game it just depends who's healthy or not like if i mean if 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 everyone's healthy i start the same 11 that we started in the last game mm-hmm. knowing that part knowing that Partey's not healthy uh if zinchenko's healthy then i start you know i start him possibly instead of sambu lakanga in center midfield but like there's just for me there's too much uncertainty we know who traveled like we said earlier but we don't know who's truly healthy or not true um but uh but you know once again just giving a, a shout out to the chat mark met him and his son last night was fantastic 
finally meet Mark. We've got uh, Trevor in here, also met last night. Stefan, uh, too lazy to come to the thing last night. Goon Gang, uh, Craig Thornberg, Gooner Works is in the house. Uh, who else do we have? We have uh, Kevin Dempsey, Dempsek. Uh, who else? John Hartnett, um, who caught me eating some food in the middle of the broadcast. KSSMYW. Uh, we're, I'm not going to assume what that means anymore. Um, who else? We got Fraser Ogilvy. We've got um, Alpha uh, Alpha Wolf, who was in the uh, in the house last night. He he did a costume change. I think in the you know in the was uh, it a wolf came, costume? He came, he left, and he came back in different in, in a different costume. Ayush is in the house. Um, we've got couple more i think that i want to point you, you, out wait you're really going to tease the like that he had a costume and not give us a picture well he came in his work he, he he rushed to get there and he was like the first person among the first people to get there and i was like yeah the show doesn't start for another hour and a half uh you, know, you can chill here but like he's like no my my mom lives about five minutes away um i haven't seen her in a year or something like that i was like <laughs> I was trying to I, I was trying not to dig too deep into the dynamic there, but like uh but he's like, Yeah, I can go home and change and come back and look like a normal person. So uh uh he came back and he did look like a normal person. Uh I'm pretty sure that's I'm I'm I might be mixing two people up, but uh, you know, hey. So Lone Star Lunder in the house, Moss is in the house, Arnie. Um, all right, so now we've got we've got the the score predictions. Let's go ahead and, and start They're to put them up. In. Lone right, Star now, Lunder. By the way, hit the like button if you want Arsenal to win tomorrow. That's true. Caress it. Um, nut it. Nut it. I mean, you know, I came up with 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 caress it. I believe, mm -hmm. uh, but the other nut it. Like, I'm not sure they know what that means when they keep saying that. Or is that I... nut on it? Because <laughs> um, that doesn't seem like a Kev Campbell thing to say. But no, it does not. No. That is not. Most um, of our shares. Uh, I I was on uh, uh, the uh, Twitter space earlier with FK. Uh, and, and he does great Twitter spaces like night before game after the game. Uh, and, and I said, you know, I'm back to my two twos again, because I've been picking Arsenal to win and we've been winning, which is so unusual because normally when I pick Arsenal to win, we just shit the bed. Um, this is the new Arsenal, but I, because I would truly be happy with a point, uh, I'd be okay with a point. Let me put it that way. I'm going two two as well. Uh, Mark's going two one arsenal um ronaldo versus alba one nil i'm not sure how uh, are they playing chelsea um i don't know so um two one 93rd minute winner uh trevor who does who who's getting the 93rd minute winner um <laughs> you didn't exactly say but i'm going to assume that you're winning Tight win to Gabrielle, right? Gabrielle, um, center back Gabrielle, big Gabrielle. Gabrielle, center back Gabrielle is 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 in the Kashelny category of, I don't score a lot, but when I score, it matters. Like Kashelny's goals were like some of the most important goals ever. Oh. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not calling him a legend. I'm not saying he scored a lot of goals. I'm not saying he was the greatest thing, but when he scored. They were either really good goals. Did he do like that, that weird looking overhead kick thing once from like four yeah. feet away? Like they're either really good looking goals or they're really, really important goals. Um, or he hurts himself 
scoring. Or, or he hurts himself or he doesn't get on the on, on the plane. Listen, Kashelli's not a legend, but he definitely was a boss in his day. I, yeah. I will not take any Kashelli disrespect. Okay? Solid, solid Arsenal player. Yeah. Good good servant to the club until until the very end, which you know is debatable. Uh Moss says uh two one Jesus Martinelli Ronaldo subs on for a goal. Um Mark says great to meet you too. That's very nice of you to say. Um who else do we got? Oh, that's it. That's uh that's Moss's lineup. So I'll highlight a couple more, but let's let's go to you, Aston. What do you what do you think we're gonna what do you actually think is gonna be the outcome tomorrow? Um, I, well, my heart, what I would want to happen would, I would maybe swap KT for Zinchenko. So you have Xhaka, Zinchenko, Sambi as the three, and then, um, in, well, well, Zinchenko. So so we're going lineup here. Okay. I I was talking score, but let's go. We're going lineup. Okay. I thought, I thought you meant. I thought you. No, no. You if you want to talk about lineup, go ahead. I, I just don't want to try to predict the lineup. Um, so. But the, yeah, no. I, that's what I was going to say. Is like actually, I just know Mikel Arteta, and I just know it's going to be the same team as Aston Villa. Like that's just what's going to happen. Um, as far as the score, but are we missing? But are we missing anyone from that team though? No, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone's going to be missing. I think Odegaard will play. Like, like Odegaard, think, Ben White. Uh, those, those are the ones. You know. I think Ben White will be there. I think Ramsdale will be there. I think Zinchenko will be on the bench. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Zinchenko play as a sub for Arteta, but I don't think he. I think Arteta is going to pick the same team because that's kind of what he does. So I think we'll win three one because I always believe in the Arsenal. There you go. All right. Um, are. We- <laughs> Forget what I was. Uh, I had a Jaka banger, by the way. Jaka is going to score a fucking banger. Really? Jaka always know. scores bangers against United. Do you have you not seen his hit rate? <laughs> he always scores against United. It's weird. It makes no sense. You know, I don't remember it that way. But but uh, you know, look, I've come, I've come around on Jaka. I'm I'm Jaka in at this point. I'm not afraid to you know. You're Jaka flip, sexual. Flip flop. No, I'm not at anything. I, I'm just sexual i'm not any (laughs) you don't need anything in front of sexual i'm not arteta sexual i'm not i'm just sexual i mean don't you know that about me by now i'm I'm a little arteta sexual you know hey is is, uh yeah is is a is the jaka banger is that what you call a goal or when he like like knocks somebody over it'll probably be both that's the best part about Jaka. You can sometimes you just get to have it all. If he kicks the ball into the net and it hits De Gea in the face and knocks his face off, can that be a goal and a red card at the same time? Like unnecessarily violent, but yet it's it scores. I'm just saying, if that happened, he, like, listen, I I would be staunchly Jaka in, and I would ask for a statue because that would be incredible. Could you imagine? I would. I wouldn't even care. Like, I want the win, but I would take a loss if Jaka just poof, broke broke Deheya's face for this season. All right, all right. Here's my next question. <laughs> and if no, we any- do not condone violence around here. By the way, bad, bad. Um. All right. So if what was my next okay if Jaka scores rips off his shirt and then rips off his pants 
Can you get the two? Can you get the two? Like, is it the Martinelli situation where you can get the two yellows into a red in the same situation? Uh, yeah. Would would that be a goal in a red card situation? What 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 will really happen is he'll take his shirt off, and then some United player will touch him, and then they'll call that a foul. And uh, yeah, yeah, United player will touch him, and then like <laughs> fall yeah. on the ground, and the. <laughs> All right. And it's probably Bruno. We all know it's yeah. Bruno, right? Oh, it's, we're it, talking it, about Bruno. We're not talking about Bruno. I don't want to talk about Bruno. <laughs> I, I have no idea. That wasn't the accent. That wasn't the song. That wasn't anything. It was just me. Um, oh, you can tell the right. bot's been going. Yeah. Um, a few questions that I've gathered here from Goon Gang. Um, from Ian, uh, couldn't we have used AMN right now, or was he trying to play more of a Jaka role? Are we prepared to bring in Jinchenko White in a midfield position? I'm going to take this one, and I'm going to give you the next one. Um, well, I can also give you this one. No, we couldn't have used AMN right now because he doesn't want to play for Arsenal. Like, 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 yes, he plays a position that we're a bit short in right now, but like, do you would you rather have Lakanga fighting for for a spot? in this team for the next six years or, or a warm body who clearly doesn't fancy being here anymore. Um, I mean, I was a big Mainsley fan. I, I, you know, I absolutely loved his versatility, his, his pace, his work rate, his ability to win the ball back when he lost it. I loved all those things, but ultimately there's something that clearly didn't, it, it isn't just random that, that, that Mikel Arteta and, and, and Unai Emery before him just didn't place him in, in that position of trust to be a part of our team going forward. It just there's there's a reason behind it. So, would yeah, you I, uh, anything I to add, you, or do you want to go to the next one? No, I think you pretty much nailed it. At the end of the day, <clears throat> um, Sambi Lakanga puts out better stats than Ainsley Maitland Niles does in that position. Why do we need? Ainsley? Are we now worried that Sambi's going to get hurt? If he's not going to get hurt, then like what are, what do we have what do we have all this cover for like if if we really like why do we have Sambi if we're going to keep like Maitland out I'm all, I'm, all, I'm all for cover but the kind of cover we need is and, and unfortunately he's hurt but the kind of cover we need is El Nenny who is willing yeah. to be cover and not Maitland Niles who is not that's yeah. that's the difference um so you know if 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 Douglas Louise was willing to be cover and a squad player then I think we really missed the boat. If not, then we might have avoided a situation where we end up committing a lot of money to somebody who fancies himself ready to push Sambi Lakanga out of our mm-hmm. out of our rotation. And that might have been, you know, why we weren't willing to go above a certain level. So um so as far as I'm aware, Arsenal, the only team from history of football to have five broken legs in five consecutive years from open play. That only happens because of refereeing players lives here that we're talking about five broken legs in five consecutive years um i'm thinking true? i'm thinking eduardo i'm thinking um um ramsey yeah eduardo ramsey sanya sanya broke his leg yeah San, sanya broke his leg at that norwich game um i think it was like van percy's like last hat trick maybe yeah i mean i I don't doubt that that's true. I'd lo- I'd love to have the five players in 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 the chat if you can put them there. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I, oh well, Diaby might be one of them. Oh yeah, yeah, Abu Diaby is probably one of them. But 
I, I, I just didn't put together that they were in five consecutive years, but that 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 does sound pretty 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 much but, legit. Theo Walcott broke his they leg. They break Theo's leg. Remember the two the the when he was on the stretcher with the two. Oh, I thought that, I thought he tore, I thought he tore something. That might have been that might have been yeah. I, you know, but uh, but yeah. Uh, if but, he, but the if, point is, even Sex Sess came out and said it. He said when Eduardo like, Ramsey went down, he goes like, "I've never seen anything like this. This is like twice this has happened now. How is this even possible?" Or something like that. And it was and it's true. They we we know again. It's almost enough to draw the captain of the football team to just sit down on the ground and start crying. Yeah. I mean, almost that would yeah. never happen, and and we certainly wouldn't have given that person the number ten. But, but Jesus Christ, I try but, to I try to erase he who I'm, shall not be named. I'm, from my I'm memory. here to remind you of some awful shit. Oh my god, I, I just moving on. Next question. Next question uh, from Ayush Magic Mike. What are your thoughts on the hyena Pogba buried under Old Trafford? Can a counter hex resurrect? Now I have heard about important. I've heard about which doctor i you know again i'm 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 traveling mm-hmm. and so e- even though i'm close to the epicenter of it all i'm probably getting less information than i normally would my phone's also been out of commission a lot more than it normally is because i've got a uh, a charging issue with it so like a lot of this news has actually passed me by but i've, I've heard about a curse and a witch doctor with so- Pogba and and mm-hmm. and who was so so what so this is what it is there's two different stories right his brother is no there are two stories like his brother's already extorted him before but right now currently his brother is extorting him saying that he will release a video of pogba summoning like it's called like a murkit something some kind of evil spirit thing to gerbil mbappe okay it was mbappe first of all why would you want to curse mbappe that dude is fun to watch man I think it's because the uh, the French team has been the drama team ever since Henri left. Like it yeah, started off with the Benzema. Pogba plays well for the French. Pogba plays well for the French team, and and the and the best chance for the French team to win anything is is Mbappe. So why would he want to do that? I can see Nasri doing that, but All right, listen, man. So he placed a curse on Mbappe. Um, but what's the what's the thing with the with the with the hyena? So I think that there's a um, I don't think that he really did. I, there's a story that like basically he there's a curse you can put on things by burying a hyena. It's like the same thing as like when they peed at Liverpool, like somebody peed on the post and they like buried a like a, a bird or something. Really- and that's what, and supposedly that's why Liverpool went on to win the league. So now Pogba to get out of his contract buried a hyena. I, I listen. Stop trying to make me make sense out of it. Well, no, no, no. I, no, I, I just, don't know. I just, I like the fact that you're like explaining to the audience that there's that that there's a curse you can put on things by burying a hyena. Like, I, like I've got to stock up on hyenas. This is what I need to do. Where do you just casually go get a hyena? You know what Hopefully I mean? Hopefully, right next to Lee Gunner's house. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, I mean, there, there's a hyena store. There happens to be a hyena store. Oh my! Oh my! Like hey, yeah, just in hey, the uh, hyena just go to the local they, they hyena shop and grab, grab me a hyena. He's like, "Hey man, what are you using a hyena for? Curses? Makes sense." Yeah, you know. The most hyenas we normally sell in a day is two, and we sold five today. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody really know. wants to get out of his contract. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, yeah. Um, can you imagine the little ticker on the bottom of of Sky Sports? It says like like Pogba contract terminated. 
uh, parentheses hyena. <laughs> wait, quick question. Didn't Van Persie do something crazy one time where, like, for an injury, he got somebody? Oh, well, that it was a horse placenta, <laughs> which isn't that crazy, I think, because that apparently works. I don't know about the hyenas, but yeah, there, there was like a horse placenta situation with 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 uh, with Van Persie. What do you do with the horse placenta? What do you do with? Do you eat it? I think you might eat it. What or you or or you or you rub it on the the affected area. Um, Steph, get me a horse placenta. I just from, I just from room that, service. Uh, I just ordered one from room service. So in a let's just vamp for the next thirty minutes while it gets delivered, and then I'm gonna rub it on my on my head and see if I get hot. What is going on in football, man? What is going on in football with these players? First, Bakayo Saka finds out his teammates don't know what a maze is. Now this maze. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, this is this is this is the Gunners pod right here. Uh, Lone Star Wonder wondering how did we get here? Uh, every podcast has to have a hyena segment, um, and especially from now on, uh, we're we're going to be doing daily hyena casts, <laughs> <laughs> where where we uh, you know where where we put curses on other podcasts, even though we're friends with almost all of them. I'm not uh, upset with you for the idea. I'm upset with you for not hiring a professional witch to do it. Like we're gonna do this and we're gonna mess it up and it's gonna like blow back at us. And this—that's why your steak is cursed. This this steak was this might be hyena <laughs> because because this is I mean this is I asked for a like a medium rare ribeye and if this isn't hyena. I could throw this at a hyena, and unfortunately, the hyena would pass away. Um, this, like, how? <laughs> like, like that? That hurts. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, we're gonna figure this hyena situation out. We're gonna ho- we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna. What's the word uh, when you learn how to control something? We're gonna we're gonna. Um, shit! What's the word I'm thinking of? We're we're gonna. Uh- harness we're gonna harness the hyena curse situation into um a very useful podcast thing and um and and we're gonna we're gonna do that yeah yeah as much as i love i love elliot and i love tim and 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 um and paul and scott and clive of course we might be at the point where the hyena becomes necessary because mm-hmm. you know they're the only thing standing in our way of superstardom at this point. Of I mean, honestly, Arsenal entertainment domination. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's room for two top podcasts, and with them around, we stand no chance. And so it is hyena time. I think. Um, start, start, uh, start the hashtag. Hyena, hyena, hyena. I was about to say hyena in. Um, but TGP, listen, all oh, I know is once TGP. we bury that hyena, we're gonna we're gonna win the Premier League. We're gonna win the Champions League. We're gonna win leagues that we're not even in yet. We're, we're gonna win. We're gonna win all the ooples. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna win the quadruple. We're gonna win the quintuple. We're winning all the ooples. We're winning the competitions that we're not even we're not even participating in. Um, oh God. Um, I've made quite an imprint on uh, on on social media this couple last couple of weeks, haven't I? Um, so yeah, hashtag TGP hyena. 
let's get it going. Let's get it trending. And um, and suddenly we'll have maybe 49 people new, in the new account, the hyena. Oh. <laughs> By the way, and we're going to end it here. There was a jer- there was a gerby bomb the other night, and and I say this as a fan of the gerbil because you know who knows who this person is. Um, the gerbil put out a tweet the other night, and people were angry af at the gerbil because ultimately it ended up being that he said that the file of the of the of the transfer from Aston Villa with with Douglas Louise was returned with a picture of Emmy Martinez with two fingers and that they were not going to sell to Arsenal at any price, but that they would sell to anybody else that made a reasonable offer. Now, people were waiting for, for, for the, for the gerbil to come out with some news, but isn't that news like news? Isn't Arsenal are going to sign somebody if Arsenal aren't actually going to sign somebody. So Jerby just came out at, you know, five hours prior to the deadline letting people know that the Douglas Louise thing wasn't going to happen with some really? added with, with some added gerbtastic uh, information from the inside and people, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that the, the gerbil lost about 700 uh, uh, followers, which the gerbil, which, the, which the gerbil doesn't care about uh, from what, from what they they've said. Uh, the but gerbil like, doesn't need to care about it because the gerbil is always right. Did we get Douglas Louise? Did we? No. No, no, I'm just saying. And, and, and so, so, you know, when it comes to, to, you know, to these rodents, um, if you want news, then get news. If you want to be told that we're doing something, even if we're not, then, you know, you can go to the other ITKs, but the gerbil, I, I place my trust in the gerbil. Uh, he was right yet again. And, um, and the honest he to God or, thing, he or she, he or she, the honest to God thing, Mike, is the gerbil's out there risking his life and his career to get us the inside works. And I think that people the gerbil receive death with, threats the with, ger- with their the ger- phones and their in their reddits and their constant updates, like are so used to it, they don't even think about the risk to the gerbil's life for exposing such a serious story. When the gerbil came out with the gerby bomb. It was about an hour that people had to wait for the Jerby bomb. And when the gerbil finally came out with it, and it was not that we were going to sign somebody, it was that we were not going to sign somebody. The gerbil was told, I'm going to go buy a rat and kill it and think it's you. Now, that person needs to be found. <laughs> and, a, and a hyena needs to be placed next to that person. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, so... Ultimately, what I think the, the the lesson of it is, there's a lot of fucked up people on Twitter, man. <laughs> like, 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 what is wrong with people? Um, yeah. What do they expect? It's the world we live in, Mike. And honestly, I for one am not for it. I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to live in a world where gerbils are in, are are in jeopardy. Uh, where where not even just gerbils, but the gerbil, the football yeah. gerbil, is in jeopardy uh, of violence or or of extinction, discrimination or Discrimination, anti-rodent uh, discrimination, anti-whatever. I don't want the gerbil ending up looking like this. Okay, that's what I don't want because the gerbil is is there for all of us, and and he or she is um, is 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 a phenomenon that can't be stopped, and and I just don't think that he or she should be shot, stopped. So, 
Ask anything else you want to you want to add? No, we need to end this podcast. This is- <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, it's late for you, but 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 I I got to get to Manchester tomorrow morning, and we got to get up really really early because there is a train situation that is not good. Um, yeah. We have we have like a ticket, but not necessarily a seat, and so that could be very unpleasant. But uh, so we'll see how that goes. I will hopefully be on your televisions tomorrow, uh, screaming after goals are scored at Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um, Aston, if if you and the gang want to jump on afterwards, uh, if you want to do any kind of content after the game, uh, please feel free. I will not be in a position to do so, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I will be in touch. Position, Mike. I will be in touch. I will let you know how the experience goes. And you know, look, Arsenal. You get this done, then I will supply you with endless hyenas. That's all I'm going to say. So, um, so yeah, I think uh, I think we're ready to play the new updated outro, which still doesn't include you yet. I'm sorry, but uh, but it does include music that isn't apparently copyrighted. So, <laughs> uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go and do that now. But uh, Asin, lovely to speak with you tonight. Cheers, mate. Come on, you Gooners, and uh, remember to go to GoonersVCancer.com and donate to all of our fun shit. And here is the outro. Watching the Gooners Podcast, a production of TGP Media, wholly on subsidiary of Wanker Broadcasting Company Limited PLC. All rights and likenesses, except for Owen's, are available for purchase and distribution according to the historical tenets of bird law. (laughs) Make sure to check out the Gooners podcast at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TGP. Find Gooners V Cancer at GoonersVCancer.com and don't forget, get them credit cards out. The Gooners podcast has been brought to you thanks to a generous investment from Elon Musk, as well as the letter G and the number 69. Remember, Gooner family, that Tottenham get better everywhere they go. TGP out.